Welcome to The Wag, presented by Sportflix, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League. Welcome, welcome, welcome fans to this very podcast, The Waggle, that is brought to you by our friends at Sport Clips. We're known for the Sport Clips MVP haircut experience. Like shampoo, massaged into your scalp, a hot steam towel for that beautiful face of yours, and sports on TV, like hockey, baseball, basketball, and the most important sport, football. It is legendary haircuts at Sport Clips. It's good to be a guy. It's good to be a Sport Clips guy. This guy, Donovan Bennett, was away, so the incomparable Brody Lawson filled in in my stead last week, and last week was a big week, a sad week. I was away on vacation, but I was impacted nonetheless by hearing the news um, that, that you all know at this point, and we, we tackled on the podcast last week then. This CFL season, like many things during the COVID-19 pandemic, is not happening. But yet, we will still soldier on as a league and as a sport, and that we will be coming back bigger and better in 2021. And, I mean, my first thought was to many of the players who have been in limbo for so long, who have sacrificed, who have put in the work, uh, hoping for a season so that you know all that sweat equity would come to fruition they'd be able to spend the capital of the hard sacrifice that they've had throughout the offseason and and for them that won't happen and obviously for the people who work within the league and the teams um, who for many months had the precarious Anvil kind of waiting to drop as to what would happen. What does this mean for my job and my life and my family that I'm trying to provide for? And will I have a lot of work to do in a really short amount of time? Or will we be waiting to do that work for a full year? Both scenarios are very precarious. And then my other thought is for you, the fan, who's been so good, not just to the league and your favorite teams but to this very podcast you always are liking favoriting subscribing and sharing and for that i thank you and good to me your your, your mentions on twitter and instagram i i do see and i do try and reply and i do appreciate them because it's a reminder to me that i'm not just doing this for nothing in my closet at my house i'm doing it for an audience that really really is tied to football because football is what ties us together in our country in many ways is the fabric of our country so I did feel I, I, I felt bad for, for many fans many of whom are my friends but but even the ones that aren't that their escape throughout the summer and fall has often been Canadian football and they're not going to have that in the foreseeable future but I do think ultimately that the ability to reimagine what the league looks like to invest and in, in pour time money and energy into not just coming back in 2021 but coming back in a big way in a sustainable way I think in the long run will be positive that's my hope um, but it is also my hope that this podcast will continue to exist in the interim and will give you, you a little bit of that football fix that you're inevitably going to be missing. It's not going to be able to fill that entire hole or void, but maybe it'll be a little bit of solace throughout 
this dark period until we get to the other end of the tunnel and we have football once again. Uh, someone who is often bringing a smile to your face, not if you were opposing him from the line of scrimmage when he was a player and a CFL All-Star, but now when you see him in the media, when you see him on person, he's always smiling on TV, and when he's leading his fan base and his franchise simultaneously through this period, he's done it with an uplifting spirit, and that's Jeremy O'Day, uh, the GM of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And so I figured, who better to talk to than Jeremy to figure out what this means, not just for the Riders, but for every franchise moving forward in a period that we've never seen before, but how he's dealing with this news and trying to move forward. Jeremy O'Day, next on The Waggle. Well, Jeremy, thank you for taking the time uh, to join us on The Waggle. And, um, you know, I feel like whenever I talk to someone within the league over the last week or so, it's like I, I need to say, like, condolences. And I, I feel for you as we're all kind of grieving what what uh, what would have been an outstanding season. Um, before we look ahead and cast forward, let's just stay right there. Can you describe as someone who both played in the league at a high level and obviously now um, is trying to lead an organization, you know, what the level of, of disappointment is like? Yeah, I think it's um, obviously as a, a big picture. I think everyone is, you, you know, you're disappointed when you hear that you're not playing football and the season's canceled. Um, you know, and there's different levels of it. The play, You look at it from a player's standpoint. They've been training since, uh, you know, most of them since, Christmas time or early January preparing for the season and you have a, a, an assortment of players that are at different parts of their career where they're you know some guys are just starting out we have draft picks that that haven't even had a chance to come to camp yet and then we have some guys that are at the end of their career or or towards the end of their career that are um, you know kind of in the prime prime years that they're they're trying to get through so uh, a lot of mixed emotion. Um, I think it, that everyone was on the same page with we wanted to play, and it just didn't work out. From and from an organization standpoint, I mean, you think about you know, and in, in, in us in particular, as our fan base comes to mind right off the bat, with you know how many people drive in from three, four hours away to come to a, a Rough Rider game, uh, and you know you think about Labor Day games where it's a where a, it's a whole week lead up to the season. So you feel you feel bad for the fans and, and and the communities in Saskatchewan, and then of course, you know our organization, all of our staff, our coaches, uh, football ops people that that uh, are being impacted for it. There's a lot of preparation that goes into a season, and uh, you kind of you know you you always have an end goal, which is the Grey Cup, and then uh, this year it, it feels like um, you know every team lost the Grey Cup. Hmm. So, you know you're in a business of always um, preparing and planning and having contingencies for everything, but there really was no no textbook on how this was going to play out. And I think part of the, the torture for everyone involved is for so long not really knowing what, what the outcome was going to be and what a season might look like if there was going to be one. What sort of contingency planning was going on, you know, in your building over the last couple of months, um, you know, from a distance in many cases to figure out how you continue to run uh, an efficient uh, organization looking to win a great cup? 
Yeah, so what we what we had to do the the biggest thing that that, that everyone involved had to do was was me. Really, it really really was a test of your your patience, right? So everyone had to be very patient, and uh, it, it's it's tough to not have information uh, because there's just unknowns. And it was and you know the the thing that I kept saying to to staff and players is, you know, this is nobody's fault, and and it's never been done before. We haven't gone through it at all, so. Unfortunately, until we can get more information and we're iron out the details, then we're, we're going to have to wait and be patient. So, um, what we did is is how we planned. Uh, as I shared with you, you know, football is very regimented and we're we're very scheduled. So, we had to um, kind of prepare for all scenarios. So we we were planning for both having a season and then also not having a season and kind of preparing for both uh, kind of simultaneously so that. Um, we knew one of them was going to happen. I guess we had it narrowed down to, to having a season, a shortened season, or no season at all, and just being prepared for that and, and adapting to uh, the circumstances that were coming. And, and once we realized uh, where we were going, if there was a bubble season, then we could prepare for that and, and uh, get us the staff organized for that. So um, really, we're just waiting for that, and you couldn't really over-prepare for one because you weren't sure, and it really came down to the wire, and then um, once, once the decision's made, you just put, uh, put the other plan in place. The fascinating thing about your job, and I, I do think that being a, a general manager and or president in the CFL is harder than a like job in any other sports league is because you have to evaluate so many types of and levels of football at the same time. You are also looking around and seeing what season happen elsewhere what does a no u sports season mean what does no college football in some conferences or potentially all conferences mean what what does nfl football mean what does it mean in terms of cfl 2.0 and the ability to have international players play in, in the near and long term future how much of your evaluating of the football around the world is kind of on pause right now because of um, things that you des you don't necessarily know are, are going to happen. Well, the interesting part with that is as we as we've got if, as we've gotten more information, you kind of can set your plans based off the information you see. So, you know, for example, youth sports is once you hear that's canceled, when well, when then you you, you kind of realize okay, now we have to go back and watch the tape for the guys that were maybe in their third or fourth years, and we have to evaluate them based on their tape from last year. So unfortunately, we won't have new tape to watch, but we can go back with the tape that we do have. Um, you know, the difficult part of that is, you know, you're, you're, you're probably not going to have combines and, and, and opportunities to evaluate them in person like you did before. So we had a little bit of that experience this year with our combines being canceled, so we're prepared for that. But you're right. The CFL is a unique league, and and we have so it's it's there's so much complexity to it. But it actually is what makes our league so cool. It never really gets stale because we you're right. We're looking at U sports kids. We're looking at NCAA guys. We're looking for NFL uh, you know training camp cuts, uh, and then now we're also looking for global players. So the preparation for that is 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 it is pretty big, and it makes our 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 league unique. Um, but our preparation really hasn't stopped. I know I think it's just shifted um, from, you know, we got to adapt to the situation we're in. So even with college football and the NCAA, we have to go back and, and watch the tape a little bit more. We're not going to be able to scout as many games. Um, so we'll be doing a little more work on film and, and a little more work talking to coaches. 
but also we don't have the NFL camps that we go to this year. Usually we heavily scout um, the NFL camps where we get out to just about every NFL camp they have. And this year we, we won't be allowed to, to watch them and we don't have any preseason tapes. So we have to go back and watch their, if they were returning NFL guys, we have to watch their preseason from the year before. Or if they're straight out of university, we have to go back and watch their university tape and evaluate them. So it's just a, a different way of doing doing business. It it, uh, it definitely doesn't slow anything down. I know that people think uh, because there's no season that it that just kind of stops everything. But you know we'll we'll quickly uh, we'll shift to 2021 uh, and then move forward and just adapt adapt the way we do business and and uh, and try to do the best we can under the circumstances. So you are, um, you know, an optimist, which is why I like talking to you. And, you know, you are undefeated going into 2021. Uh, but as you try to to round out your roster, often it's a bit reactionary in terms of, okay, what are our holes? What are our needs? Um, it, does that change the way you look at um, adding talent? Are you just now looking for the best players or the best fits in the league? Or are there still some things that you want to build uh, in terms of your depth moving out of what you did to address those needs in, in 2020? Yeah, the, the unique part of this this uh, I guess extended off season that we're having is is you you don't have uh, you, you know usually we go to training camp and after training camp we'll we'll end up releasing you know 30 or 35 players that we've that we've scouted and that we've put on our negotiation list and we kind of had that roster narrowed down because we had that training camp in that season. Well, what you see now is we haven't had that training camp, so we have this whole batch of our 2020 um, recruits. And then we're going to have a whole nother batch of our 2021 recruits. So what we're going to have to do is really fine tune um, the players that we're signing, and uh, try to try to put the best group of players uh, for for the next season together. Uh, so there'll be a lot of evaluating in that, and and we don't have the uh, the advantage of of seeing those guys in training camp yet. So there will be a, a crunch, but I, I would say that the talent that will be available uh, to our league will be will be will be a great deal because we're looking at two groups or two years worth of players. There will also be some talent that's in our league that looks to potentially explore NFL opportunities uh, because there is no football going on in Canada right now. When, when you recruit a great player and you have them in your building, it's tough to see them go. What are the, some of the nuances between those conversations that you have with players and agents that, that your um, your fellow executives have with players and agents that, that be, you know, who are watching it and watching the waiver wire aren't, aren't necessarily privy to or understand? Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, the, the players now, they're going to have an option. They, they have an opt window, so they have a, a certain period of time where they can opt out for NFL opportunities. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't matter where you are in your contract. You have the ability to do that. It also serves a little bit of protection for the team where you can retain their rights. Um, and because we're not because we're not playing, at least from from my standpoint, um, you know, I believe that they should have an opportunity if there's one presented themselves to 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 one to continue to play football, but also um, to to earn a salary and, and earn a earn a living so they can take care of their family. So. Um, they have the ability to do that now. They can opt out. It's kind of a, a win-win. The player gets his opportunity, but you also um, retain his rights moving forward. Um, and that, and I think that's a fair way of doing it. So that um, you know the players that you've, you know, let's face it, you've scouted and you've had them on your negotiation list for a strong period of time. And 
um, you should have the ability to retain their rights. So that's what you'll see. You'll, you'll, you'll see some players that are, that are opting out, and, and uh, it's not necessarily um, that they don't want to be a rough rider. It's not necessarily that they don't want to play in the CFL. It's just more of um, they want to keep their, their options open and, and, uh, you know, and have those opportunities available instead of um, not having them exist. So we have the term in the sport, you know, players, coach. Well, you've quickly gained the reputation within the league of being a player's executive, player's gym, because you played not that long ago. You have that frame of reference. What have the conversations been like with your players, you know, as you try and help them shepherd them through, you know, what is obviously a very frustrating time, both personally and professionally? You know the the difficult part I think is is when you're we were talking to the players is, you know they expect you to have the answers through this whole thing and and to be quite honest a lot of times we just there's so many unknowns and the biggest thing we want to do is just to try to be as open as possible and and when we when we reach out to them or they reach out to us just to make sure they're aware of what's happening and if there's anything that they they need to know and and they really just want to know what's what's the plan moving forward. Um, so we just try to be open. I know that's my my philosophy of, and Coach Dickinson's philosophy is just to be open and honest with them. Um, if they're going to explore other opportunities or they choose to opt out, we really want to support, support them through that. We feel like if we're supportive uh, to the players in their decisions that hopefully, um, you know, if, if the opportunity to come back to the CFL is there, that hopefully they'll want to come back and, and play for our organization. So just trying to keep good relationships with them. Um, also try to guide them uh, for those guys that aren't going to have opportunity to play in the NFL and they don't have the opportunity to play in the CFL this year. Try to guide them and give them some direction on uh, what's available for them for help, but also maybe encourage them to try to find some way to to uh, to support their family. You know, one of the big losses, not just for the players or people competing um, like yourself, but you know, for the community and for the country. Um, is the fact that the Great Cup and its festival and everything that comes with it won't be happening. And we already knew if it did happen, it, it certainly wasn't going to be the same. Um, but but can can you, you know, illuminate what type of loss that is, um, you know, for the community not to have um, the festival of football that is uh, the Great Cup, you know, being celebrated in, in the heart of football in our country? Well, I think it's... Um... You know, first thing that comes to mind for me is just it makes you sad. You know, you're, um, you know, you think about uh, just how great the the buildup is, and 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 that's what uh, that's the coolest part is. There's such a buildup. There's the the competition side of the season that goes on, and the battle for you know the playoffs, and then the drama of the playoffs, and then uh, just the buildup for that Grey Cup week once the players are are decided and and those uh, divisional games are are won. And then, uh, and then you just you kind of see the fans rolling into that uh, that city and that community, and and you see fans from from all over the country, and and they're all wearing the colors that they represent, uh, and the and the parties, and the functions that they go to, uh, all, and then builds up to the accumulation of the of the Grey Cup. It's just uh, the event is so awesome, and it's just it's passion. It's it's uh, it's CFL football at its finest, and and. When you think of uh, CFL, you think of the Grey Cup week, and you know, so it saddens you that that we're not going to be able to see that. It it, it feels like um, you know that that something's being taken away from the fans and, and from the players. But 
you know, we have to understand that it, this, this wasn't anyone's fault and, and it's an unfortunate circumstances that we're in. Um, and I try to, uh, I try to think ahead and I, and I can just try to, you know, I can picture how awesome, you know, the, the gray cup will be once, once we get this thing back up and rolling and, and the energy that, that are at those games, that's what I'm looking forward to once we get started again. Yeah. And for those who haven't experienced it in person, I don't think they really understand what the energy is like for those games, specifically in your neck of the woods in, in, in Saskatchewan and in Regina, I was, um, I was a guest on Derek Taylor's uh, radio show about a month and a half ago, and I called in, and I'm on the line waiting. And the segment they were doing with call-ins from fans before me was they were prompting fans to call in to talk about their favorite preseason football moment because it was supposed to be preseason at the time and people were missing out people were calling about like this punt return that happened four years ago like and i thought to myself this conversation is not happening in this way in any other part of the country yeah i think you know when, when you talk about uh the rougher our, our fan base in general it's just it's just a a strong group of, of passionate fans like they they're just dedicated to our to our team our players um, our organization they've just been so great to us through through all of this but I mean if you look back in the history they just been they have been tremendous and you know it's it's really um, a testament to how great they are as, as a fan base but but you're right you know it's in town in, in Saskatchewan you know you, you, you can't drive in a car where you don't see a Saskatchewan license plate or a rough, I should say a rough rider license plate. You can't, uh, you know, drive in a neighborhood without seeing a rough rider flag. Uh, all the communities outside of even Regina, um, all the, all the campgrounds and, and, uh, and communities throughout Saskatchewan, there's just rider flags everywhere. And, and it's, it's, it's just a giant community that supports our organization. They're, uh, they are very, very passionate, um, super proud to work for the organization where where the fans mean so much to the team and they just support us so um it's it's always nice um i know our players enjoy it a lot that they get to work for or work or play for a team where where football matters um you know i think about our 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 daily practices and we have some people that come to almost every single practice they're out here every single day and some of our fans they sit out there with rosters and they'll tell you who's not practicing um during practice that day and um, and then just whenever we have functions, whenever we need support from the fans, they just step up in, in every way possible. And, and they're, and they're definitely doing it again, um, through this whole, this whole pandemic they they've been stepping up, uh, in more ways than not. And, and they, they just, uh, like I said, it, it's, uh, makes you very proud to work for such a great team and organization with, uh, with such great support. Well, when the league is back and running i'd love to see the first game back to be one um in in regina you know paying tribute to those fans and uh, i really hope that it will be the case that there'll be fans in the stands and, and we'll be at a point where we can have you know full capacity fans in the stands because good luck good luck trying to to tell some riders fans that they can't come because you know we need some social distancing measures but but I, when I think of the, you know the tailgating experience and you know people in, in their sections for you know decades, um, you know you kind of sounds like a like a big family around uh, the Absolutely. team. Yeah, you know Donovan, you, you know 
to answer your question about the the sadness that the the fans here are feeling there it's no doubt i mean um you know being a general manager for for the rough riders uh and and being around town is is something in its own but during a period like this uh where everyone's missing it so um anywhere i go and 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 every time i see someone they uh they instantly talk about uh you know their disappointment and and how much they're missing uh the games and you know we have a, we have a lot of communities that to get together um you know in small towns on the day of game day and it really brings brings those towns together and uh they, you know it's we 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 not only have you know the 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 tailgate party here at mosaic but there there's separate tailgate parties that are happening all throughout saskatchewan on game days you know they all have their own uh places to watch the game and and show their support and what i, li I like about saskatchewan is is it's still cool to wear you know jerseys you know they, our fans love to wear their jerseys and and uh and they they have a lot of sense of pride so um you know like i said it's just it's fun to watch that it's fun to be a part of it and you know um we've got uh we just got a great great fan base yeah i mean not only is it cool to wear their, their jerseys many people get married and you know sometimes buried in their jerseys that's how much the love is uh for the green and white um you know one of the you know the things that have come through this period is to your point you see how much it means to to community and you see the power of sports uniting a bunch of people um you know one of the you know positive unintended consequences is that we've all got an opportunity to get our priorities in order see what matters and, and for many spend some time dedicated with family your profession is one that is time consuming at, at all times um, and so having one to be forced to be at home but having some more dedicated time to spend with your loved ones what's that been like well i can honestly say that's been the best part of it by far uh, it's not even close i mean we, we're we're no we're no doubt going through some difficult and trying times and it's been impacting people uh on, di on different levels but um you know for me on on the personal side it's, it's been just uh you know I, I during the season I, I i don't get a lot of a lot of meals uh with my family and sitting down and, and spending time at the dinner table or even having breakfast with them and um, that's probably been the biggest uh the biggest thing that's changed and it, it's been the most fun and i think um if anything positive's come out of that, it's it's really had given me a lot of time to reconnect with the family. And my kids are at an age where they're where they're kind of at their their prime growing up time. They're all becoming teenagers, and um, you know it's been been a lot of fun to spend a little bit more time. And and you know let's face it, it's the time of the year where the weather's a little bit nicer, so you can get out and do more things with them. So that's been a lot of fun, and and uh, definitely been. I guess one of the positives that's come through this, the, the importance of uh, spending time with your family and they've enjoyed it. I think uh, the scary part is I'm kind of realizing what I'm missing during the summer months. Like I haven't, I haven't had a, uh, a summer away from football since I was a, a teenager. So I, I hope I don't get too spoiled from it. Um, I can tell you that we, we we're, we're all missing football a great deal. Um, but we're trying to, I guess, take advantage of, of the, the increased family time that we're having and um and then just kind of flipping turning the page to the to the next year and, and then get refocused yeah my favorite images coming out of any football season are the ones with guys and their families around the great cup with confetti coming down and the entire family's wearing the championship merchandise and they feel like they're champions as well we're not going to get those 
images and visuals sadly you know this fall um but i'm looking forward to them being back in 2021 and you know they'll probably have some added significance because of all of the things you just mentioned good luck in your quest to make sure that you are in those photos with the gray cup uh, and your family um but as you've described you've got lots of work ahead of you before that so thank you uh, for taking the time and taking a break from that work uh, to tell us about it my pleasure, Donovan. Thanks for taking the time. And thank you again to Jeremy O'Day, who gave us great perspective on how you, the fan, is feeling. And he spoke specifically about Riders fans, both in Saskatchewan, but really Riders fans across the globe who are part of Rider Nation. And speaking of supporting the league, again, thank you so much for supporting us here at the CFL and at the Waggle specifically. Thank you to our partner in Sport Clips who continues to support even though this is tough times for everyone. And for you, if you want to continue to listen, make sure you go to last week's episode where we had Wade Miller break down what's next for the league. Before that, a podcast that still is a great listen, The 2QB System by Matt Dunnigan and Joe Barnes. Uh, And Matt Nichol told us how to stay in football shape. And really, if you're trying to stay in shape in your everyday life, there are some lessons there. Now, our football players are going to have to stay in shape for a prolonged period of time. But Matt Nichol had some small fixes that you could work into your routine to make sure you stay in shape. Uh, Please, more than everything, make sure that you stay healthy, continue to social distance and follow the health protocols because we want our country to be in a good spot so that our favorite sport football can come back in a great spot. Thanks for listening. The WAG presented by Sport Clips, the official podcast of the Canadian Football League.